Have you ever dreamed of giving a TED Talk? Do you want to share your story on the same stage as people like Brene Brown and Simon Sinek? And you're like, yes, abs, I do. Also, though, kind of want to pee myself just a little bit. Well, you're in luck. And at the core of every movement is hope. So when you think about your message, think about what hope do I want to offer? And that's your movement. And that's your TED Talk. Hi, I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast, a Soulfire production. This is an investigation and honoring of who we get to become in the process of embodying our dreams. If you're a rule breaker, paradigm shifter, and movement maker of today, then this leadership podcast is for you. It's time to finally take up more room on the page of your life. Welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to give you the most honest and raw look at what it really takes to not just land a TEDx talk, but the massive bikini wax of the soul it creates when you write and share one from people just like you. I'm going to be sitting down with two of my clients, Christina Glickman, who's giving her first talk this fall, and Dr. Ray Lundy, who's already given one, and she's about to give her second. I'm knew that this would be something that I could do, but the level of vulnerability that it required for me to have, the stripping down, um, that was something that was new. And the platform, the, the massive amount of people who would hear my story, who would, it was as if I was naked in front of the world. I know after this episode, you are gonna be pumped to finally get out of your own damn way and give the TED Talk burning in your heart but you still probably have a lot of questions, right? You're like, how exactly do I write it? How does the application process work? Abs, like how do I spread it so everyone in their dog walker's cousin knows? I got you. Everyone I work with goes through the exact same course and now you can too. Most programs charge thousands of dollars and I would know because when I was starting out, I bought them. And I wanted to make this available for anyone with a story that needs to be shared. So my course, how to land and embody your first TEDx talk is only a couple hundred bucks, but it is the shit. I'm going to tell you, I have personally given two TEDx talks to now more than a million views. and I've helped so many others do the same. So I want to give it to you. The link is in these show notes and also on my Instagram. And now to the episode. All right. I am so excited because two of my absolute favorite clients just beautiful humans are here. And I wanted to bring these specific two powerhouse women on this episode, because I know that so many of you are really excited slash daunted slash peer pants a little slash hell yes, all of the things about doing a Ted talk. And I wanted to bring two of my clients in because they're in different stages of the journey. So we've got Dr. Ray, who, you know, I just love her since the, literally the second I met her. And Dr. Ray is getting ready for her NBD second TEDx talk. And then we've got Christina and Christina is getting ready for her first TEDx talk and hasn't given that talk yet. So I wanted to kind of show you this process from the lens of two people in very different situations. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Ah. And I'm excited to meet Christina. Yay. I know. This is so fun. I love when my world, because, you know, I have clients in different spaces and so not everybody gets to meet. So this is just, and they're delicious humans. There are people, right? Everybody. Yeah. So here we go. 
I want to know first and foremost, if someone's thinking about doing a TEDx talk, what would you tell them? Dr. Ray, what would you tell them? So my experience was um, I decided I wanted to do it and I, I, there was nothing that would prevent me from reaching that goal. So I would encourage someone um, to know that they know that they know that they know that this will happen for them um, because moments of doubt will come. But once you make that decision for yourself, I think then when those moments come, it doesn't matter. And when you get stuck um, in terms of thinking about your idea, um, that matters. Uh, yeah. I think you have to definitively decide for yourself that this is the message that you want to share with the world. And I think then the universe opens up for you when you make that decision. That's so beautiful. That's great advice. How about you, Christina? Well, you know me, Abby, and I'm a gut girl. And the first thing that came to mind when you asked me that was why? Why do you want to do it? Yeah. Um, if you are confident in your why, it's going to be the tether and the anchor when you want to jump ship, which I do often. Yeah. Um, yeah. Abby knows. So if you are strong in the conviction of why you're doing TED, and there's no right or wrong answer, I will not judge why you're doing it. But if you arrive at that stage of life of why you are doing it is to really serve others with that message, I think that's going to keep you on track. Um, doing it for other reasons, I think may be more difficult to stay on track when it gets hard. Yeah. I I've said this quite a bit that TEDx, TED in general, the gift of it, once you stand on that stage is for the world. Your job is done really from the moment that your feet hit that fantastic red dot, which if you've heard my story before, when I was in the dress rehearsal with Dr. Ray, which is how I met her on our first TEDx, um, I got on the stage during the dress rehearsal and immediately ran to the bathroom and pooped my life away. Like, I'm so grateful I had a dress rehearsal because I was so <laughs> nervous and overwhelmed by that moment. Having said that, I, I really believe that the gift of TED is for the world. The gift for you, the speaker, the gift for you, the writer, the gift for you, the leader is who you get to become in the process of writing that talk and shedding and becoming the person. Because right now, if you're thinking at home, there is no way baby Jesus in a manger that I'm ever going to be able to get myself onto that stage. You're right. The person you are today is not the person that's going to give that talk. So release the fact that you're not ready. Release the fact that you want to pee a little. That's okay. That's totally normal. The gift is who you become in the process. So let's talk about who you've become, Christina. I've watched a massive, beautiful, delicious, painful, messy transformation. Oh yeah, I am in the, I am in the heat of the moment. I am walking <laughs> the walk. I am in it. I am terrified. September 14th. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. There, I feel that I already did it. For me, the feeling of success was the moment I pressed submit to even try because I did the work for me. And so everything else that came after it was the cherry on top for me. I have already succeeded in my dreams because I'm here today. And I said yes to myself and I did it. And anything else that comes of it is great. And you know, you always talk, Abby, so much about who you get to become in the process. There is no doubt that that is the truth. I'm a different person today than I will be even when I give it in September. And the only way to know that is to do it. There yeah. is a shortcut. 
There is no, it is hard and messy and complicated and all the things. And I admire both of you greatly for, you know, one, two talks, because <laughs> the thought of doing another one makes <laughs> me want to die. Uh, so like, let's just get here first. But I will say that like anything else, when you hand over the fact that you have something that you want to accomplish and that you want to do it and you're going to do it though you're terrified, there's no doubt the shedding of skin has to happen. Well, let's talk about that. I want to get into, give me a couple moments with me, with your family, with a friend where you were like, no, dude, fuck my life. Like this is too hard. You mean like every other day where I always say my new hashtag is I quit. Um, and that's not a joke. I mean, and sorry, Dr. Ray, I'll wrap this one up. But the truth is, Every time I meet, I, right now I'm in the process where I have beautiful curators and coaches that meet with me once a week. There are incredible human beings that do nothing but um, help my idea. And every time I meet with them, I'm sick to my stomach. And right beforehand, I say to Adam, no one made me do this. Why am I doing this? Adam's her husband. Oh, sorry. Yes, Adam's, I, I talk about him so often. I feel like the world should know. And He's like, yeah, I don't know why I made you do this. And I really want to run. I'm not joking. There's not a bone and, and Abby being the wonderful coach that she is and wants to make sure my mental health is stable. She does say to me, you know, you don't have to, you know, you need to go, you go. Yeah. And I, I say that because I, I don't know another way to do it than with full heart. And all the feelings that I feel with wanting to retreat is because I'm being pushed to a place I've never been pushed to before. Let's talk, but just, just what does that mean? I'm, I know because I know the backstory, but let's get tangible. Like, what does that mean to be pushed? Because people are going to say either I was a big fancy keynote speaker or I've never given a speech in my life. Either way, why is it so different? Why is it so hard? Well, for me personally, I think that it's a feeling of being out of my league. It's a feeling of doing something. And, and I'm a speaker that none of that part worries me. Yeah. It's about the sense that you're giving me a platform to share an idea that you think is worth sharing. That could be a new phenomenon, a new movement, a new something, and I better deliver. And this is not about inspiring people. Ted does not care about that. I mean, they care about it, but you know, they don't want my big hair and big hoops and jazz hands. Like that does not fit the bill. And so everything that I think is sort of easy for me is actually not what they're looking for. Yeah. They're looking for my idea. It does not matter anything else I bring to the table, no matter how charming I might be or how I can share a great story. What is your idea? How do you support that? And why is it worth sharing? That's tough. It's tough. I think it's tough. There's no bells and whistles here. You know, there's no place to hide. You're standing on a no. stage and you don't have, you know, huge lights. You don't have an audience holding streamers cheering mm -hmm. you on, right? Like you don't have that. It's Ted. And mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely, as I've said before, a bikini wax of the soul. It's definitely also allowing yourself to be more visible to yourself. That's, that is the gift though, is that you just dig deeper and you see yourself in a new way. And the sooner you surrender to that, the faster and more beautiful it will be because you'll be able to stand on that stage and go from an intrinsic place. I speak from here. I speak from my truth that is 100% in my bones 
and I'm okay to be seen. It's safe to be seen. And that process is no freaking joke. And Dr. Ray and I have actually a pretty interesting story about how we met. So tell us this process because you have a really unique perspective um, of having one in the bag, a second to come. What has that process been like for you? Who were you before the first talk? Let's talk about that day, how we met and who you're becoming now. So the day we met, um, like you, I had so much anxiety, right? I um, was excited. Um, As Christina has said, I um, am a speaker. So I, I knew that this would be something that I could do. But the level of vulnerability that it required for me to have, the stripping down, um, that was something that was new. And the platform, the, the massive amount of people who would hear my story, who would, it was as if I was naked in front of the world. Yes. And five minutes before I went on stage, I had the biggest panic attack. I was in tears. Um, I, uh, my best friend flew in to, to be with me and I'm crying and she's um, listening to me cry. And she told me to shut up, right? <laughs> she said, shut up, Ray. You could give this information, this idea, you could share this to the world with your eyes closed. And it was in that moment um, that I realized that I was afraid, not that it wouldn't be impactful, but just what could happen, like whose lives might change, not just mine, because I knew how much the information or the idea had changed my life. And I was afraid of, you know, your question is about like, who was I before? I was someone who was afraid to see myself fully. I think afterwards, I was someone who saw myself more beautifully um, in a more accepting way. And I remember telling you, Abby, um, I remember apologizing because all of the rest of the speakers were out. They were supporting each other. Um, they were clapping. And I was I was on the sidelines, like I said, on outside the door, having a panic attack, panic attack of my life. And I went up to Abby and I was like, I'm so sorry I didn't get a chance to. I heard your speech, but I wasn't out there. I felt like there was um, there's almost this camaraderie you have with folks yes. that are going through the process with you. You, you're, you become a part of, of trauma of, bonded. <laughs> yes, we are trauma bonded. And so I went up to her and I remember thinking, cause I saw her, um, in our dress rehearsal, just how amazing this woman is. And I wanted to be connected to her and I, and, and she is the only person that I think I went up to, um, just because of her aura. Um, but I remember saying to you like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And you, um, the sweetest response, like, you know, no, you did exactly what you needed to, you showed up and you, and, and it was amazing. And I think again, this idea of being able to move from fear to seeing myself fully, and then to meet someone else who was able to see that. And it was like that real time feedback, like, no, you, you showed up and you showed the world. I think that was powerful in a way that no other experience that I've had to date has been able to give me. Um, and it's, I I see it happening, um, at the next level as I prepare for my second talk. Um, Yeah. I mean, and how much have you changed between this first talk and the second talk and the idea of what, do you think you'll still have a panic attack or are you okay with the idea (laughs) that, right. That you, that you have embodied the, your power that I see for both of you so much. And it's a joy. It's a joy to coach you because part of having a coach of any kind is the fact that hopefully if they're worth their shit, hopefully they see a version of you, you don't see yet. And so they're always relating to you 
as the person you're going to become. So I just consistently tell both of you like, oh my gosh, you're your success is inevitable. It's amazing. I already see that for you. And I just hold that space until you go meet yourself. And that yeah. was something I watched you do, Dr. Ray, in real time mm-hmm. was as you walked onto that stage, almost like a hologram and you met yeah. this potential, this person I was already seeing mm-hmm. and you met on that red dot mm-hmm. in real time. And it was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was like the panic attack, the tears. And it was like, it, there was, there was this real time meeting of myself mm-hmm. and it was so powerful. Um, and I remember feeling as I walked off the stage, you know what that happened and mind you, um, my slides didn't switch. Um, yeah. so, so there were technical difficulties <laughs> going on all around me. So I remember pressing my clicker and, and the, Three of my six, I only had six slides. Three of them didn't even show up. And I was like, you know what? I got this. And and it it just, there was some other, it was, it was magical is a way to describe it. And it feels all, I know, Abby, you talk about the woo and the do. And so it was all, it it was the woo of the, of of everything Um, because the do was not happening. The technical (laughs) difficulties were abounding, but um, I think you know, who I was able to walk onto that stage and meet and meet myself. You know, I walked off, I can be honest, I walked off and it took me maybe about seven months afterwards to even watch the TEDx. So even though I felt that way on stage, I met myself, I walked off stage and some of those same fears tried to creep back in. Yeah. And I would have the experience of people emailing me. I actually I have a really good friend now who listened to me do a podcast and then went and watched the TEDx and said I changed her life. And now legit, like we talk every week um, yeah. because of that. I've had other people just talk about the impact of that TED talk. But again, I walked, I met myself, but it was only a brief meeting. I think the second talk is allowing me to walk. Um, unapologetic, like consistently walk in the woman that I am. I think along with the coaching that I'm doing with Abby, it's like no more going back. I think that would be the way I would describe it. No more going back, no more playing small, fully leaning in to who you are um, because, um, because the success is inevitable. Like, and because who, who I am when I walked on that stage is who I really am Yes. When I'm not worried about what the world thinks about me. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's the gift y'all. That's why I feel so passionately about people getting the opportunity. If they have an idea, you know, that's, it's worth spreading. And we'll talk about what that means here in a little bit, but that's, that's it. Y'all the gift is who you get to become. You meet yourself, you meet your potential in real time. And I'm not saying necessarily that your life will drastically change in that moment, but it might. And it did for me. So when I, when I stepped onto that stage the first time, I had never, ever publicly shared anything about domestic violence. I had never shared. I mean, people knew I had Lyme, but I had never really shared about me too. I hadn't shared how it went down. And I didn't share certainly what I had realized was the normalizing of trauma right? To such an extent that I thought it was, I just didn't realize how bad it had gotten for more than a decade being in that industry. And so saying all of that was a reckoning for the woman that I was before that moment. It was a reckoning for her. She had felt so stifled 
she had felt so hurt, so victimized. She had felt silenced. And so that moment was for the past me. Mm -hmm. And I'm working right now on my memoir and it's the opening chapter. It's so pivotal. It's the opening chapter right now, at least for my book, because I, I attribute it to like, um, <laughs> like the Beyonce, uh, music video lemonade, where she walks out of the courthouse in that awesome yellow dress and the water's flowing out. And she's holding the baseball bat that no shit is exactly how it felt for me. The floodgates opened everything I'd held in everything I thought would bring me shame. I.e., if I tell people this, I won't be loved because that's what shame is. Shame is a fear that if you share, you won't be loved. And so we keep it in. Right. And so I just released it, washed down the stage, through the chairs, out the back door. And when I walked off, it was almost my own baptism, right? It was my own self-realization. I was my own person after that moment. And for me, it solidified in that second talk. You're right, Dr. Ray. For me, that second talk. So when you hear this, please like, don't be too scared because I'll tell you the second talk, I hope everyone has that experience too. It doesn't have to be your second Ted talk. Look at Christina's like, oh, hell no, <laughs> that would be a no. Uh, your second talk or some other experience. It might be launching your business. It might be having a child. It might be writing a book, whatever it is. Right. But that second experience for me was the bookend that like Dr. Ray says, there was no going back. And please hear me. I wasn't really that nervous. I had a fucking blast from moment to moment. I had an awesome time. And I learned something because I watched Dr. Ray and another person, um, not be able to use their slides in the first talk. I was too nervous to even use slides in the first talk. Okay. So that's the only way that worked, but I saw how they handled it. And only because I saw and learned from other people's mistakes, when I got on the stage the second time and my video didn't play, my slides played, but my video didn't play. No problem. I just picked it up. I ad-libbed and I knew we could fix it in editing, mm -hmm. which I wouldn't have known if I had not seen Dr. Ray. So she gave me simply by being her a huge gift because I was like, Oh, Hey, this is no big deal. Like whatever. We'll just keep rolling with it. I never, I would have frozen in place like a deer in headlights if it wasn't for you, Dr. Ray. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you. It's Thank true. You. Yeah. We think that getting to that moment, practicing, um, that that is the, the outcome or that, that that is the gift or whatever. Yeah, but I yeah. think what, just to underscore what you said, it was in, in having to keep talking, knowing <laughs> that the slides weren't working, it pulled on some other part of strength that I didn't know I had. And so I, um, I'm grateful for that. So I would not have wanted it to happen, but I think that happening just even further underscored this idea that you got this. No, you know, it, it isn't about um, what life throws at you. It's about what's down on the inside and what's on the inside is good stuff. I want to talk for a moment about the impact, why we're doing this in the first place, right? And I'm going to speak because it's not just the impact once the talk is over. It's also the impact of sharing your shit along the way. And Christina has done such a beautiful job of sharing the beautiful, the messy, the hard, and the slash I quit 
along the way. Tell us what you've been doing and the impact and response you're getting in the DMs and emails and friends and your kids even, and your kids. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, And and again, um, I decided early on that when I said yes, and I said, hey, let's, let's write this TED thing, let's do this. That moment I started sharing, meaning I shared an image on social media, you know, writing saying, I'm going to start writing a TEDx talk. And so the reason I was doing that was to 100% have somebody else look inside themselves to say, gosh, could I do that? Maybe I could do that. I never wanted to attach my journey to the outcome. I never wanted it to all of a sudden be a nice picture of me saying, guess what, guys, I'm doing a TEDx talk. It is so not about that. And I needed everyone to understand the journey along the way. I'm going to post something today because I, Abby knows I just got some really devastating news from a publisher about something. So, but guess what? It's okay. I mean, something better is coming. It's critically important to me and my community that they understand the journey. That's what it is. And becoming myself in, in the moments, not at the end. The red dot's beautiful, but I'll tell you what, I have felt every single day an amount of pride and success and fear, but it's because I'm leaning into the process. It's what it's about. It's nothing more than that. And if I'm willing to open my eyes to not only the opportunities, but what it's trying to teach me, every part of it is something I want to share because I want someone that's listening to this today to say, wait, why can't I do one? Because I'll tell you what, I ain't got nothing special. I love myself, but no, but I mean it in the, in the best of ways. I, I, there's nothing different about any one of us other than we said yes to ourselves with something we wanted to share. And and that for me is just a real passion because it's what I like to do, right? Which is to let women know that they can do it too. And so for me, sharing this journey gives me such joy. And what have women been saying? Oh my gosh, more than anything, they've been saying, um, first of all, like, wow, tell me more about it. That's something I can do. I didn't even know this was available to me Um, to uh, how do I even start? And the thing about sharing stories, and I don't mean to get off topic that I find so interesting and fascinating is that myself, sometimes I tend to not want to share a story because I don't want the intention of my story to be that I want you to clap for me or I want hero bells. I'm not sharing my TED journey. So you tell me I'm great. I'm sharing my TED journey so that you can see something inside yourself and come along with me. But if I decide to shut that down, I don't share me. And then you don't share you. And then where are we? The power of that storytelling to me is the journey. Um, And not to mention, I need that love. I feel community behind me. So when I'm sharing, I had my, you know, fourth round interview and I want to die, which I do. And I call Abby. I have people saying like, you got this. It's okay. Like you can do it. Keep going. That's everything. And so I think it's critical for me to share the journey because again, you could easily just share the outcome. That's not, it's not not it. Not actually serving anyone. And the impact that we all can make, the leaders that we are, are leaders, not just in a business or being a CEO. We are leaders of our community. We're leaders of our families as well. And you have four kids, Christina, four kids. I can't keep a plan alive. So what has it been like 
through their eyes? What have they been sharing about their mom going through this process? It's been tremendous. I have full body chills and anyone that knows me knows the first thing that when somebody says, well, who are you? You know, I'm a mother and that will always be my first title that I wear with such pride because it's what drives me. And, you know, your children, I think, and communities, they don't, they do what they do because you're doing it, not what you say. And so they see me putting the time in and the work. And I'll give this tiny snippet because my family is so embedded in the work I do. They are my life's work. And, um, you know, I'd gotten something happened along the way in the TED. I got something I can't even remember now, but I was disappointed or something happened. And I'll never forget, you know, Racer, my 13 year old looked at me and she said, mama, it doesn't end this way. And it's just powerful because they see my every moment of the disappointment of getting the news from a publisher yesterday that I can't use a book I wanted to use for my talk, which was the foundation. Now I can't use that. That's a big blow, right? And so the impact on my children, first of all, is dream and dream a little bit more. Yeah. And it's not attached to success. It's a is success is not being attached to success, right? But it's not that at all. It's yeah. doing what you want to do, what you love, not explaining yourself, going with sort of abandon to it and not, not having to judge yourself along the way, but just saying, I'm going to do it because I want to do it. And guess what? It's available to me because I want to do it. And if you walk the walk, that's the impact. It's one thing to say it, but to do it. Everything, even for my book, right? Like yeah. even if the book was the worst thing they've ever seen on the planet, they saw their mom do it. Yeah. That's enough. And That's we are enough. enough just by movement, right? Mm -hmm. And we attach so much to the movement. I need validation in the moment. I need to understand what's going to come out of this, or it's a waste of my time, or I'm good. And instead, it's like just really make it a sacred step and and lean into what it's trying to teach you. And it's just a calmer way to live, I think, personally. But as Abby knows. I've worked very hard to get to where I am now, which I will be different tomorrow, but it has been very intentional to, I don't think I could step into my own messaging or story without doing the work on myself. Yeah. You're missing the gift. If you don't let it transform you, you're yeah. missing the gift of writing a Ted hundred percent in general, honestly, anything launching a business, writing a book, making a course any of it. If you don't let it change you, you're missing the gift for the leader. That's why I said, when you asked, when somebody would say about Ted, my first thing is why? Yeah. And if your answer is because you want to be fancy and get on a stage. Okay. I think you're missing something there, but really, if you ask yourself why it's going to be your true North. Yeah. And it's because you also know that your story can help so many people. Now, the fear of that, as Dr. Ray was saying, is realizing that your story is going to change so many lives yeah. and being okay with your power. Yeah. Starting to really taste a new level of your power, your influence, your impact. And when I say influence, I don't mean influencer, like booty band, you know, swipe up for my code. I mean, of influence, influencing dignity and care and love, right? Like being of influence. And when you taste that, you're like, oh shit, I am a powerful being. I'm a powerful being. And then the voice gets in, who am I to be this powerful being? What will other people say about me if I am this powerful being? 
who will I lose besides even just the version of me that started this, but who else will I lose in this process? You will lose people in this process, including the old version of yourself. But the person on the other side is waiting and clapping for you. Mm. And the right people, amazing, incredible humans will be there loving you fully and seeing you deeply. It is worth it, but it is messy and it is painful. That's for sure. And I've watched Dr. Ray do that. I've watched you do that. And let's talk about the impact for you. What has it been like in your DMs and emails? And you said you already have made one incredible soul friend. Yeah. Um, I've had particularly women of color uh, reaching out to me, thanking me for giving them permission to express their emotional selves. Um, Black women in particular are often um, given the trope or the stereotype of being the superwoman. And much of what I hear is that um, they're thanking me for being vulnerable enough to say that I don't have it all together. Um, Because my TEDx, part of my story was, you know, as a clinical psychologist, I was helping others, but I was falling apart. And for them to get to see uh, a level of vulnerability that they don't often get permission to do has been extremely powerful. And I'm talking, you know, executive leaders, you know, women at all stages of life, um, and they uh, will message me. And essentially, it's been uh, a thank you. It's been a heartfelt thank you. And it's been a let's walk on this journey together. I love what you said, Christina, um, about it's the moments in between. And that's another thing that I think the impact is the impact has been we've been able to walk together. We've been able to say, here's where I am. Here's where I may be struggling. But here's also where I can kick butt or kick ass. And um, <laughs> and we've been able to do that together. And so in the Along the journey for me, I have said that healing comes in community. That's something that kind of is just weighed in my heart. Um, and it, I've, you know, not tried to be a social media influencer or tried to, you know, have more, more followers. But what tends to happen, I mean, I will post a picture, I will post a caption, and inevitably someone says, you know what, this was right on time. This was what I needed. Um, and the, the things that I'm posting are connected to, um, what I talked about in that first TEDx, which was that it's always okay to cry and cry being compassion, reflection, and intention. And so always living that out. Um, and in doing so again, folks have said, thank you for the permission to feel, to be, and not always have to do. So often we're focused on the doing and the outcome and not the experience or the journey. Um, and a recent uh, quote, or, or, or uh, I meditated on this recently, and I forget the psychologist, but she talks about the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our relationships. And so um, my relationships have improved and the impact to others has been powerful, but I would say also my life has improved as a result of it. My own healing has deepened um, and those levels of sadness I had um, those levels of sadness. I, I, I can't say that, you know, depression comes in waves for me if I'm still being a little bit transparent. But what I find is that when I'm um, walking in my why, as you said, Christina, when I'm walking in my why, those are days where I'm just so grateful that I, I gave myself permission to share because um, it's impacting other folks, but it's, it continues. It's the gift that keeps on giving. 
Um, and so it's been impactful in terms of forming community in that we heal together. Um, I'm reminded that I'm not alone and that other folks are not alone. That is one thing I'll say that tends to happen um, as it relates to mental health. Isolation, feelings of hopelessness and loneliness are so rampant. But when you are vulnerable and you can share, you know what, this is going this is going on for me. You, you help folks who thought they were alone and they were at that moment where they didn't think anybody else understood, anyone else heard them. Um, and that is a gift that you can't quantify, right? For someone to feel like, in essence, you saved my life. Um, and not in essence, I've literally had folks tell me those words. And that, you know, I can never, that's more powerful and more impactful than I could have imagined or hoped for. So. Yeah. That's, that lands, that lands for me too. And I have kind of a double-edged sword story about this. I have gotten and still get probably at least one a day, which is just so mind blowing to me that I needed this. Thank you so much. I was in a domestic violence situation. I didn't know that I could leave. You showed me that I'll be okay if I leave. Um, I left a really toxic work environment. You gave me the confidence to tell everybody to go fuck themselves. I'm okay afterwards, or I'm not okay. And that's actually okay, okay. <laughs> as well, right? All of those different types of messy, beautiful, vulnerable, deep, real shares, the shit that I really want to hear. Mm -hmm. Having said that, here's the other side of that sword. I got, uh, don't ever just, here's my pro tip for the two of you, for everyone that's listening. Don't read the YouTube comments. Just don't read them. Just don't read them. It's not worth it. Don't read them. It, the good, the bad, the uh, just don't, it's not, it's not important. It's not important, right? It's okay. So I, you know, made a mistake. And I read a couple of the comments in the YouTube video when it first landed for my first talk. And I already had landed the second talk at that point. So I'm sitting there reading them. And there are lots of wonderful ones that we just all talked about. And it's great. But you know how your mind works where it's like, there's a hundred great ones, but then there's one shitty one. And guess what you fucking focus on is that one shitty one. Well, there were more than one of saying, first off, like my tears were fake or something like I was fake emotion. Then uh, a bunch of like, did, well, we don't know if she drove him to drink or what did she do to deserve to be hit? And then a couple that were straight up just like, well, obviously now hearing her story, I would hit her too. Yeah. I thought, look at Dr. Ray's face. I thought at the time before reading those comments that I had deeply healed enough to share that story. And I talk a lot about why boundaries are sacred and not everyone deserves every aspect of your story. Vulnerability is a privilege that people get to experience with you. And not everyone has earned that right. And when you're looking through how many stories could you share, I want you to think of stories like a river. And the two of you have heard this quite a bit, but think of the story, any story like a river. And if you start to share the story and it feels like it's around your ankles or your knees, that's a great place. That means you feel embodied and healed enough that it is safe and appropriate to share with others. 
if it starts to overwhelm you, quite literally, it goes up to your waist, let alone your chest, boundaries are sacred. That story is not ready to be shared. That's okay. It might never be shared. That doesn't make you weak. That doesn't make you fake. That makes you sacred in your experience. And that's okay. So I thought, oh man, these stories, I finally, you know, here's therapy shit, right? I got this. It was up to my calf. I'll be okay. I'll tell you, I saw those comments and that shit went past my head up down the river. (laughs) And I hid under a blanket for two days. I ordered pizza. Aaron, my partner brought me pizza and we ate it under a blanket. Uh, And I was like, so I'm not doing another one. Like, that's insane. Why would I put myself through this? And he's like, they're probably, you know, they're trolls. They're troll. He works in tech. He was like all about the internet. He's like, abs, this is like people that live in their mother's basements. Who the fuck cares? And I'm like, I can't put myself out there like that again. How, why would I do that? No sane person would put, subject yourself to these comments. He's like, let's talk about it in a couple of days. Three days later, he goes, I've never seen you back down from a bully. You might get pushed around and you might get roughed up, but the woman I know doesn't step down. And there are lots of women who do. And so for those women and for the woman that you used to be, you get back up and you fight. And I was like, well, fuck, that's why I want to marry you. Shit. Okay. And I did. I got back up and I told the second talk. And you know what happened with that second talk? It now has more than a million views. That second talk has touched more than a million hearts. That second talk would never have happened if I hadn't allowed myself to evolve and to be okay with the fact that my truth had to be enough regardless. I thought I was already there, but I had to shed a component that if they clapped or if they booed, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I had to release that next stage for myself. And that's what I hope for the two of you. First off, just don't read the comment. Just don't read them. Just don't read them. Just move on, move on. Focus on the emails and the DMs. It will be lovely. But the second piece is being okay with the fact that you are so much more powerful than what anyone could perceive you to be. That's the power that each of you, the two of you here and everyone at home have in your stories. I'm just so proud of you both for going for it. It's hard and going for a second one, Dr. Ray. We talked a little bit about what your ideas are. Christina, can you share with us what your big idea we're sharing is? Yeah, I can. Which by the way, I just keep sitting here thinking, oh, I wish I was sitting here going, oh, I did it in September. It's October. Like the fact that it's <laughs> coming, it's like, I just look at you both longingly. Like I'd like to be them. Um, will, I have a, will I have a panic attack? Like, I'm like, why can't I be in the position right now? I'll be like, oh, it was so great. Yeah. I won't read those comments. It's like, oh, Lordy, it's still happening. Still happening. Yeah. Anyway, it's just wanted you to be in my yeah. body in this moment. Like, why not on the other side? Um, like I said, anybody wants to talk about in the moment, I am your girl. Um, <laughs> but uh, my idea is talking about Um, women and the loss of their identity through the pandemic. And the bigger picture being that women conquer adversity. There's not been a moment in time 
that women have not shown up. So how dare we let this moment be any different? And that's it sort of in a a little nutshell. That's powerful as fuck. And what's so beautiful is the idea that we first came up with is not the idea now. So just like you, the human being gets to change in the process, evolve into the person you'll become. So will your message. It's going to evolve. It's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect and concrete. Tell us about that evolution for you. It's been a fabulous. I I feel so lucky that I was able to begin this with Abby and um, I feel sorry for you if you don't have Abby to help you. Right. Well, first of all, Ted is a beast. Okay. It's just a beast. You get it as Abby's favorite line of bikini wax of the soul that all happens and, and you go through that process. But what I will say has been so beautiful is that if you are willing to listen to, uh, you know, your coaches or your curators that are only trying to elevate your idea to be more inclusive, to possibly um, serve more. Mm-hmm. You know, my idea started off more about mothers because, again, that's what I say. That's what that's where I was. I knew it was topical because it's the pandemic. However, it became much more. And as, as sort of generic as the statement of like women can do anything, it's how I feel. Yeah. So how do I put a lens on that that feels like a new phenomenon happening? And so that's what I did. And and that's where the story then became a little bit different. And for me became much more about, you know, not wanting to continue to set back generations of women. How dare we take this time to not fulfill what all these other women have done before us and to sort of stop, right? Like the narrative now is nothing but all of the loss that we're experiencing. And the story needs to be about resilience. And that to me just feels so right for me. Cause at the end of the day, I just want you as a woman to, you know, believe in yourself and do something. Right. Um, It's that simple. And so it's been a beautiful journey of just adding to that story. This is powerful shit because what you just witnessed Christina do, I want to like do the do part instead of the woo. Okay. I want to like break it down a little scientifically here for a second. So there's a difference between a story a message and a movement. Okay. So a keynote or a big speech that so many of you that are listening want to give is a message. It means that you have a core story. These are just facts of things that have happened to you. I would say for you, but they're just facts of what happened, right? Pandemic happened. I lost my identity. Black women are having disproportionately harder effects, mental health and health, physical health in general, their physical safety, right? These are facts. And then the message are the lessons that you personally, as the leader have learned, but it's still contained in almost a look at me Mm -hmm. context. Also learn from me, but it's still a lot more about the person themselves, right? And then we get the like rah, rah, as Christina says, jazz hand sparkle, like, wow, thanks. We hear a lot of you inspired me. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. It's still a lot of extrinsic. Mm -hmm. The difference in the piece that I, I want to push these two women, which they already have done. And to anyone listening is that last step. And that's what Ted needs. Ted is so much different than a keynote because it goes from message into movement. So what does that mean? So your message is really still about you. The movement are the things that somebody else can identify in themselves. So when you step on stage, you are a light and your light doesn't go out when you light someone else. 
It's that one more step where you light in them and give them the ability to see how they could do it for their own life. And at the core of every movement is hope. So when you think about your message, think about what hope do I want to offer? And that's your movement. And that's your TED talk. And that's the difference between a good talk and a great talk. It's the difference between a speaker and a leader. And that's the difference you see with, with these two women is this ability to push yourself and your message one component deeper mm-hmm. is this hope capacity that you just heard Christina speak about with women in general. I have hope that although this has been the pinnacle of shit show the last <laughs> year and a half, I have hope in our resiliency. And by me, Lighting that resiliency in me, I will remind you that you can light it for yourself. I'm not the guru, right? Standing up here, like, follow my 10 steps. Like, no, I'm reminding you. What would you say for you, Dr. Ray, is this message of hope you're wanting to share with the world? Yeah. Um, I think my message has evolved as well. Um, I think initially my focus was on what I talked a little bit about, which is this idea that healing comes in community. And I wanted to share in my second talk, this idea that self-care is attainable. Um, we all have it, but that we, we allow ourselves to move towards um, ultimate self-care and wellness and wholeness by being together to do it. Then in talking with you, Abby, realizing, you know, kind of this idea of what's going on in the now. And while I wanted to give this message um, that we're, we're going to get there together. Um, the reality is for Black women, uh, which is, you know, my population that I talk a lot, I, that I speak to because I am a Black woman, um, getting there, healing in community is disproportionately more, more, more challenging. Um, but like Christina, um, there is a resiliency. There is a um, we talk about black girl magic. There is a special, uh, special thing that happens. Um, when Black women uh, recognize, again, what's down, that that good stuff is down on the inside. So the hope and the movement um, that I want to share is that despite um, racial discrimination, despite um, health disparity, financial insecurity, despite all of these things, um, Black women have been um, at the backbone of this nation and of the world and changing things. And that when they tap into who they are, not only do, can they do that in community and can they do that um, toward using self-care, but I think that they can change the world. Um, And taking care of themselves is a radical act because they're not often given the permission to take care of themselves. So wanting to let them know that they have permission to take care of themselves because they've been taking care of everybody else. Um, so yeah, take care of yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is good. Mm -hmm. God, you're both badasses. This has been such a delicious conversation. Last question for both of you. What permission are you giving yourself today? Then what permission are you giving yourself? Again, I'm a gut girl. So My permission to myself is to relax into the moment of today and know that I already made it. I'm here, whatever that's defined by me. There's no, I'm not waiting for anything like today's here. 
and it's great. And I'm where I need to be exactly. I'm, I'm not, I'm not chasing or searching or desperate or white knuckling. Like that's permission to be here. Yeah. Just here. And that's amazing. You deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. You long to be here. You're safe to be here. Mm-hmm. I love you so much. How about you, Dr. Ray? What rose up for me was the permission to not be perfect. Uh, yes. I tend to, in my growth and even in meeting myself and everything we've talked about today, all of that is true. I still have this little voice that says, but it has to be perfect and it has to come in a box or a package um, that, that has no imperfections. And the reality is that anxiety I talked about comes up for me when, I, when I'm trying to operate in that, direct, in that way. And so today is about, yeah, not being perfect and knowing that however I show up, when I do it with my full heart, that that's enough. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. I would say that on the other side of shame that we talked about today, on the other side of that is perfection. Mm -hmm. Perfection is another way that if I just curate, i.e. if I can't, if I try to control every element, then I will be loved. And that's out of a fear that if anything is out of place, I won't be loved. And that's really all we want in this world, right? Is to be seen, heard, and loved. And so perfection and shame play so, uh, I would say almost beautifully because they're just best friends of mine. They love to hang out all the time with me. But I refuse to live in fear. Mm-hmm. I refuse to live in fear. And that's what perfection is. That's what shame is. And you are so much more interesting than perfect, Dr. Ray. Mm-hmm. You're so much more beautiful than perfect. Mm-hmm. And getting to see you the way that you have evolved has been my honor and privilege and joy. And the same with you, Christina. And I hope that for everybody that's listening, you can do this. You can absolutely do this. It is attainable. It is available. It will radically change you. It is one of the greatest adventures of your heart. And I hope that you say yes to yourself, right guys? I hope that you say yes to yourself. Thank you both so much for this talk. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're also delicious. Okay. I'll stop recording. Okay, so now the question is one day or two day, how long are you gonna put off sharing your story? If you've ever dreamed of giving a TED talk, this is your sign to fucking go for it. Many of my students land a TED talk after just one application, which is unheard of, but my shit is good. My course, How to Land and Embody Your First TEDx Talk will teach you everything you need for not only how to craft your talk, but land it and spread it with ease. It's on sale today. The link is in the show notes and also on my Instagram. I love you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram. So tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening. 